Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Children are on a holiday, so that's all cool. It's a bit um, challenging, obviously, when the mom and dad still have to work and the kids are on holiday mode. But uh, the other night, actually the other day, <coughs> David had a birthday party since he wasn't able to have one uh, in September when, uh, when he had his birthday. And in any case, he's been saving up, been saving up um, his... Uh, Cash, he's hard earned. <laughs> he's been saving, and he's had a specific uh, Lego set in mind for a while, and uh, it's very expensive. So we, I just told him, we, we know we can't afford this. You have to trust God and save. <laughs> and but it's a specific thing. It's like a, it's the they have a lot of these robotic uh, robotics Lego these days that you can program and be, and then the. You build a robot, you program it, and it does what it, you tell it to do. But um, this is the like the basic one. So he just had his eye on that for a while. <clears throat> and um, so the other day we found one on Marketplace, and it was it's a good price. It's a third less than normal, you know. And it, he saved up enough money, and he was so excited, and he couldn't wait any longer. So then after. You know, after work, the afternoon, we drove all the way to Randburg, and this, the guy said, yes, it's there, it's available. He's, he advertises on behalf of his brother. And he hold, had all his hard-earned cash there, and we stopped there, and we struggled to get hold of the guy. And in long story short, we stopped there, and he jumped out of the car, and he gave the little envelope to the man. You know, he was, like, excited. And then the guy was, like, all awkward, and, and he said, yeah, you know, he, him and his brother haven't been talking because this afternoon that set was sold. Uh, somebody already bought it. I can see Dodds like, uh, it's not good news. We drove all the way. And I said, I was kind of apologizing that he was so eager, you know, giving his money. I explained to him he's been saving up and he was very keen. So I could see this poor guy is feeling very awkward. But then he said, listen, come inside and have a look at the other sets that are available. And then it was actually so cool because I, it was such a good moment for David because I could explain to him how the favor of God works. Because when things were looking like they were going, going right, the Lord was actually making it work better. Because then we got inside and then he showed us another set which was like three steps up from this one that he had. It's the more serious programming Lego. And it costs three times the price as well. But he said he can have it for the price that he advertised the other one. Just like a third of, well, what, less, like a lot less. <laughs> and uh, like a third of the price. Any case, so that was so cool. That's a cool moment. Obviously, it's not significant in the greatest scheme of things. But for a little boy who's been praying and saving, you know, and... But it's so cool, on the way home, I could, I could have that conversation. I could say, David, that's how the favor of God works. When things seem to go wrong, just don't panic. <laughs> because God has got a way of making things work out according to His will and for our, for our good, the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. 
And, you know, it was such a great moment. So praise God for that. Now I'm learning how to program Lego. So if you, um, it's not, actually, I'm learning a lot from David. So praise the Lord for that. I mean, any case, that was awesome. Uh, let's just pray as quickly as we get into this word. Father, we thank you for your presence and your word. Thank you for all this time. Thank you, Lord, that we can set this time aside and we choose to be present. We choose to fix our eyes on you and our hearts on you, Lord. Thank you for that you are the one that speaks the words of life. Lord, we agree with the disciples. Where else would we go? Because you speak words of life. And we pray that this morning that you speak words of life into our hearts by your Holy Spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, I was praying through what to share, and, uh, and I, I wanted to kind of follow on what, on what I shared a couple of weeks ago around reflecting on the year and giving thanks to God and really just um, taking time out to, to celebrate what God has done. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, and actually I just realized that over the years, if, even from when I was a young believer, the Lord had pressed this on my heart, um, and, I, and I didn't really notice it. I was just kind of doing it. And, uh, but I really realized that it's borne good fruit in my life, and it's been really a blessing. And <clears throat> what that was is that the Lord has really pressed on my heart that in, in significant moments, in significant days like New Year or the new seasons and new um, just beginnings of different things, and also, like on my birthday and on specific significant days, the Lord has always pressed on my heart to, to set time aside, you know, away from if there was a celebration or a festivity or something, maybe around New Year or maybe around my birthday, then I would I'd have this urgency to set time aside to spend time with God and just to celebrate and to give thanks to God. Um, and also but also to consecrate what lies ahead to him. You know, so at New Year's, there would always be some time after, in that first few moments of the New Year, that I would disappear, you know, and maybe my family wouldn't know where I was. But the, I just realized it's, it's that it's, I'm really trusting for that for all of us, that there's a, there's, a, there's a grace for us to realize when there are specific, significant moments that we can actually make a priority of setting time aside and saying, Lord, this is important for me. It's important for us as a family to stand still and to celebrate, to, to make time, to, to, to consecrate. So this morning, I just want to, I'm not going to talk about reflection, but again, too much because we spent quite a bit of time on that last time. Um, but I do want to read, yeah, you know, just basically linking onto that. You know, to take time out at the end of the year to, to look at what God has done, to remember His faithfulness, to write it down if you need to. Even the little testimonies, um, like this one with, with David, stuff, little things that we need to remind ourselves of, to write them down and to build monuments of God's faithfulness, to take time to do that. Amen? And I want to read from uh, Exodus. This is where um, 
find the scripture now. This is where um, the, the nation of Israel have just come through the Red Sea. They've just been delivered from the, the armies of the Egyptians. They were literally trapped um, between this army pursuing them and the sea. And I don't think they saw any way out. There were quite a few people. So difficult to move such a big mass of people. Anyway, okay, so this is this is the song that Moses sings. I can't read the whole thing, but he he um, he sings the song of of praise and the song of deliverance in Exodus fifteen, from verse one. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang the song to the Lord and spoke, saying, "I will sing to the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously." The horse and its rider he has thrown down, he's thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the seas. Chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has come glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And the greatness of your excellence, and in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. And he goes on in verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them, and you in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. And it goes on, you know, read the whole thing, it's really cool. But can you see how in awe they are of the goodness of God? They were about to die. Okay? <laughs> they were about to either die or go back to slavery. And they are celebrating who God is. Um, yeah, so I want to really encourage you, as I said before, last time we sp- I spoke about this, take time out to celebrate who he is. Take time with the family. Maybe if you're going to visit family and friends, share testimonies, share God's goodness, share the, the big things and the little things, I mean, and, and testify of his goodness. Write those things down. Okay. All right. So then secondly, <clears throat> take time to consecrate yourself. Take time to consecrate the year. Take time to, to come before the Lord in consecration. And uh, I want to read from Joshua chapter 3. Now this is a couple of years down the line. And the, the nation of Israel, they're on the, the bank of the Jordan. They're about to enter in. We looked at the scripture a couple of months ago. I can't remember how long, but I want to, I want to read it again. And uh, so they're about to enter in. They talk, they're discussing how it's going to happen, giving instructions. They're about to cross the Jordan into this promised land, into this new season, into this completely unknown territory to, to them for the most part. And it says um, from verse 2, And at the end of the three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. 
yet there shall be a distance between you and it about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you should go. For you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And I was just reminded of the scripture, they're going into this new season, they're going into this new land. And, and, I just, and, I, I to, and I, as we're going into a new year, also a new season in this, and the new venue, which is, I mean, the, the building isn't so significant, but I believe there is a new season for us. Um, and he says, <clears throat> but what does he tell them to do? Now, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. This is, that's where the presence of God dwelt. And, that is, and basically he's saying, look and follow the presence of God. Don't follow anything else, but follow the presence of God. Make sure you see where it goes. Make sure you keep your eye on God, on his presence. Because you have not gone this way before. Amen? God has gone this way before. He knows. <clears throat> I'm just having this thing in my throat again. Anyways, I've got water, thanks. Um, so, you know, I was chatting to the kids about this the other day. I was trying to explain to them that God is outside of time. I must admit, it was difficult, <laughs> a difficult concept. But, you know, just as we look at this microphone and we can see the, begin, the end, the top and the bottom, and this end and that end and the sides and everything, I really believe this is how God can see time. He can see the end on the one end and the other end, and he, he can see everything in between. And um, so God has been that way before. He knows where they need to go. You know where he, he knows where he's taking us into this new year. He knows where he's taking you as a family, you as an individual. He's no, he knows what he has prepared for you. But we need to follow his presence. We need to follow his guidance, his direction. And then this very powerful bit where Joshua stirs expectation in the hearts of the people. He says, prepare yourself, consecrate yourself. Because before tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. We serve a miracle-working God. I mean, we serve the God of wonders, the God of, that created the universe by speaking. We serve a God that doesn't operate within the confines of what we think is possible. I mean, we serve a God that, that holds the universe in his hands and that sustains the universe by the word of his power. And, and he says we should be expectant and we should prepare ourselves for what he's about to do. Consecration has got all, is all to do with setting apart. Okay? What does it mean? It, and, you know, when you talk about consecrating something, you declare it as holy, as set apart. You declare it as set apart for an exclusive purpose. If I'm, if I'm consecrating something, I'm, I'm setting it aside. I'm saying this is for something very specific. It's consecrated. It's set apart. We, as we consecrate ourselves, as we take time out at the beginning of the year, as a family or as individuals, even as a church, and this is what we will be doing early next year, we'll be praying and fasting together during the month of February. So keep an eye out for the details around that. Pray with us. But we were saying to the Lord, we are set apart, Lord, for you, for your purpose. 
we are set apart, not for our plan, not for our career, not for our comfort, but we are set apart for your purpose and for what you have in store for us. Um, I read something that really challenged me, this, or I was listening to a sermon this week, and it challenged me. Just a small part of it, um, the guy said, <clears throat> I don't actually know his name. Anyway, <laughs> um, he was talking about um, another time where people were waiting for the Lord and kind of consecration. It was in the upper room. We know when, when Jesus ascended, he said to the guys, listen, go out into all the world. He gave them the mandate. And then he, gave, he said to them, you know, go and make disciples. But then he said, before you go, one last thing, you need to wait <laughs> for the helper. And then he said to them, wait in the upper room until the Spirit comes. And you. So when they were there in the upper room, the, the bad thing, the saddish thing was that from the 500 plus people that saw him ascend, that heard him say those words, there were only about 120 in the upper room. So that's kind of... How, are, we, are we among those that are willing to wait? Are we among those that are willing to seek him? Are we among those that are willing to, to spend the time? Because it must have been a bit uncomfortable just to wait there on God, to be amongst all those people, to, you know... Be worshiping and honoring, you know, um, praising God in one accord. <clears throat> but in any case, so that what what the, the thing that struck me was these guys were not there to pray and fast for their business or for their family. They were not there even for all the good things, even all the blessed things. They were not there trusting God for change or you know something in their marriage or something in their relationship they were not there to to trust and pray and trust god for breakthrough in their work environment okay can you can you see that they were there for a very very specific purpose they were consecrating themselves and they were waiting to be empowered they were waiting not to be empowered to be better at their job or better parents or better whatever. <laughs> Although I'm sure those are all good, good uh, side <clears throat> benefits, if you call it that. They were specifically waiting on the Lord to be empowered for His purpose, to be empowered to be witnesses, to be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit to take the gospel into all the world. And that kind of just blessed me to just realize again that, yes, the, the, the blessings and the, of the presence of God and the power of the Spirit transcend, you know, just cover our lives. It's true. That when they were there in the upper room, there was a very specific focus. And that is that they were waiting to be empowered so that they can be witnesses and so that they can build His kingdom and make His disciples to the ends of the earth. Amen. So that's... Just a side thought, as we are consecrating ourselves, yes, we can bring all those aspects of our lives before the Lord, but he has, he has got a specific thing for us, in store for us for next year. Even as a church, as we are seeking the face of God, I want to, I want to encourage you to pray with us that we would position ourselves as a church family to be his witnesses, that we would position ourselves as a church family to see his kingdom come.
to see His will done in and through us. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Okay. So, yo, maybe as a family, take time to take communion together. Take time to anoint each other. Um, maybe if, if you're not going to be with family or do it with your housemates or if you're with your flatmates or with a small group, take time to consecrate ourselves, to anoint each other. Maybe take time again to anoint your place where you live or your place of work. Consecrate your office again to the Lord. There's something about that, isn't there? I don't think it's, we can do it enough. I, I, I don't think we can do it too much. It's, it's just a, a place of living in a space in our head and a space in our heart where we are consecrated to Him. Amen. So the reason why we use oil to do that kind of thing is not because there's something special about the oil. I remember in, in one of our teachers in India many years ago, <laughs> We were doing an outreach there on the south, in the south, south coast uh, in Chennai. Um, and it was very, very hot. In any case, I remember there, there was this outreach in the evening and there were a lot of non-Christians there. And the Lord was really ministering really powerfully to people. People were responding to the word of God. It was, we had to minister through interpreters, so it's always a bit... What's, what's going on? <laughs> but uh, the Lord is really faithful, and a lot of people were healed. So that was really cool. Um, as people were responding to, to the, law, the, the word and we were being prayed for, they were, they were being healed. And then something crazy happened. Two things. First, some people, I was leading the outreach. I think Philip was there as well. I can't remember. But uh, then two ladies came and knelt and touched my feet. It's like, whoa, <laughs> this is going, this is getting this wrong somewhere. <laughs> uh, but it was a great moment because we could explain again that what is happening right now is not, nothing to do with any of us or us being special. And we could explain that it's through the blood of Jesus and it's through the power of the cross. And this is why, and this is how God heals people. So it was a great moment to just explain that again and make sure that the interpreter, you know. And then the second thing that happened, people ask us about the oil. What's that stuff that you put on our heads <laughs> before we got healed? And it was another good, because they were, so said they, they were willing to pay good money for this, for this special oil. Um, any case, it was also a great moment because we could explain this is nothing special. In fact, you know, I've used really weird stuff to anoint people in the past, but the point is it's a symbol. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And we see it in Scripture a lot, the, the oil being a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Um, so there's, there's nothing special in the oil, but it, it's a place where we say to God, Lord, we consecrate this to you. This, whatever it is, your space, your home, your office, your family, each other, pray for each other, consecrate each other, anoint one another as we go into a new year. Take time to do that. Amen. Laka. Even if you're working from home, <laughs> consecrate your office and your workspace to the Lord um, so that he can, his kingdom can come there. Amen. Okay, and then finally, seeking direction. 
Um, <clears throat> Joshua was telling the guys, listen, we've not been this way before. We have to follow the presence of God. We, we may think we know the best place to cross. We may think we know whatever the route, but the, we need to trust that God will direct us in the right place. Amen? And as you know, the story that as they were following, as they were, you know, as the, the priests went ahead with the presence of God, with the, with the ark, and as their feet touched the water, the Lord stopped the, the waters of the Jordan River upstream. And the, the Jordan apparently was in flood at the time, which apparently is quite hectic to see. It's quite a mass of water. And the Lord just stopped the water, and they could go across on dry land. And they, they built that pile of stones in the middle of the, the river, <clears throat> massive pile of rocks, 12, if I'm a collector, one for each tribe, as a reminder, as a monument of what God had done that day. So as we go into this new season, let's go humbly saying, Lord, this is a new year. This is a, and I don't know, like again, God's seasons don't, don't necessarily, are not dictated by our calendar. But still, I think it's a healthy thing to say, Lord, what is it? What is the way that you are leading us into this year? Show us the, show us each step that we should take. You know, Proverbs is not on there, but Proverbs sixteen nine says, "The heart of a man, your heart, our hearts plan our way." It's, you know, we make plans and we have schedules and we have calendars, but it says, "But the Lord establishes His steps." Okay. So yes, we may have plans. Yes, it's good to have a schedule and a plan and a, um, and all of that but he is the one that establishes our steps. So I want to encourage us, take time to consecrate your plans to the Lord. Take time to, to seek his face about your plans and about your ideas, that it's, whether it's good, as Christopher was saying, or whether it's God. I, I did this a lot as a young believer, you know, running into something, excited about something, really, whether it be an outreach or a, Thing at school, or at you know the student Christian association thing, and we would plan stuff. And then at one point in our plan, we would just say, "Look, we should probably pray about this." And we're like halfway into executing whatever the plan was. We should probably just ask God to bless this thing that we do. And then I was really convicted that the Lord prefers it if we do it the other way around. If we pray first. Amen? And then get direction and then follow his lead. And then we don't have to even ask for his blessing because we know it will be there. Amen? Any case, so take time to consecrate. Take time to, to seek direction. Humbly knowing that you, we may know, we may have some experience. We may have some idea. We may have lots of plans. But it's something powerful when we say, Lord, I lay this down at your feet. This is what I have in mind, and I'm trusting for your guidance and your wisdom and your grace in my planning, obviously. But Lord, show us your way and show us the way that you have prepared. And um, <clears throat> obviously, this has all got to do with, with hearing God and hearing his voice. And I was so encouraged this last week. Some of you may know, um, I must be careful these days of what I'll say about my children in this <laughs> getting older now. but. Um, you may have remembered Abigail, I mentioned before that she was she was always saying to me that 
or often, she's often said to me, she doesn't, she doesn't hear God's voice. She, God doesn't speak to her. And then I explain, and then she says, no, she often asks God for stuff about things, and then she, she doesn't hear his voice. So we've spent some time around that, and we've spent some, you know, how does it work? How does God speak to us? And then I encourage her, you know, God doesn't always speak with an audible voice, does sometimes, but often he speaks through the scriptures, most of the time. Often he speaks through people, you know, dreams, visions, whatever. So we've, we've, we've talked about that a couple of times, and I was so encouraged the other day. Two things happened. Um, firstly, this has happened a few times. When we pray, and I said to the kids, okay, before we pray now, let's ask the Holy Spirit to show us who we should pray for. Is, you know, is there something, somebody specific we should pray for? And then uh, just, as we asked, just as we were waiting on God, Immediately, Abigail received, got a picture of a friend of hers' dad. And she, says, she just sees this, this friend. It was, it was a friend of, well, we, um, these son is in David's class and daughter is in Abby's class. And she says, she just got this picture of this, this um, friend's dad. And I said, great. That's, that's it. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. And she was like, okay, cool. You know, and then we could pray into that. And the Lord showed us some more things. And then I could share it with him, and he was really encouraged. So it was a great blessing. But that was kind of just confirming that this is one of the ways that God speaks to us. Amen? And then it was so cool the other night, Abby just said to me, Yo, the Lord has really been showing her that she actually does hear his voice. And she, was, she said she realizes that she was expecting this you know, audible voice and then she realized that there's so many different ways that God has been showing her things, have been speaking. She says what often happens is that she would see something, and then soon after that it would happen. Like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. And then, you know, and I could talk to her about, you know, what do you do then? Do you pray into that thing, or what do you, what do you, how do we handle that? But I was so encouraged because she's been seeking God in that. She wants to hear his voice. Amen. And, and now she knows she does hear His voice. She knows that she can hear the Holy Spirit, whether it is through images or Scripture or whatever it is, she's able to hear His voice. I mean, so I want to really encourage you, if you've maybe wrestled with this in the past, I know I have, take time to, to wrestle with God about it. And take time to say, Lord, I, I want to hear Your voice clearly. I want to see your will. I want to discern your will in Scripture. I don't want to just read Scripture because it's nice. I want to read and I want to apply it in my life. You know? And uh, so we, his sheep, we hear his voice. Amen? He's, he's willing to speak. He's not only willing, he is faithful to speak to us. In fact, I believe we, we need to spend more time listening. Amen? Um, and I'm sure we will hear a lot more the more time we spend listening. Take time to hear his voice. Take time to do it as a family. Because as we were praying, it wasn't only an encouragement for Abigail. I mean, it was also encouragement for the, other, for the rest of the family. It was a great blessing. Okay. And first she said, I'm, a, I'm not allowed to tell the friend, Dad. I said, no, <laughs> I'll pray about it. Uh, obviously, sometimes the Lord will show you things that, you shouldn't just tell somebody about it. You should 
pray about it and first pray into it and then check what God is saying. Should you be sharing this with him or not? But uh, I said to her, let's just pray. And I told her, I won't say which, who, I won't say who got the picture. I'll just say that, that the Lord laid an hour to pray for him. Okay, so as we're just seeking uh, the Lord's plan and his way for 2022, I want to ask you to pray with us as a church, as, as leadership. Um, yeah, this, we're just really trusting to walk in the fullness of his will. We're really trusting to walk in everything that is prepared for us, every good work. We're really trusting to, to see every single soul that God has prepared for, to this will, that we should be discipled in this church family. We, we're trusting for that, for those people to come in. Amen. And I want to actually read from Second Timothy. Um, which is, before we read that, as we're just wrestling through what God is saying for 2022, and um, let's just skip that one first. I'll go back, I'll get back to that one. All right. But before we read that, um, this is quite hectic because if you think about it, um, Paul is writing this letter, and we know this is Paul's second letter to Timothy, and he writes it to the specific guy, and Timothy is, is, a, is a pastor, he's quite a young guy, he's, he's pastoring a church, quite a large church, and he must have had all kinds of pressures and challenges that he was facing, and he gets this letter from Paul. Paul played a significant role in his life, he's discipled him to a great extent, he's raised him up as a leader, you know, they've been through some stuff together, they've walked the road. And um, they've ministered together, and now you know he's he's planting, the, he's ministering here, um, pastoring this church, and Paul is elsewhere. In fact, Paul is writing from prison, and um, and now just imagine you, Timothy, and you've and this person is is basically been a father figure in your life, and has played a significant role in your life. Just think for a moment, how will you read this letter? And then in this letter, he tells him, listen. This is, this is basically the end. I've come to the end of my journey. He's, right, he's basically saying to him, I'm expecting to be executed. I'm being poured out as a drink offering. That's what he writes. I'm, and uh, so imagine for Timothy, he's like, he must have thought, well, <laughs> this might be the, the last communication. The, you know, they, later on he asked him to bring stuff, so they were hoping to meet again. But Paul is preparing him. He's saying, I'm going to be executed here. This is, this, is, this is pretty much the end of the road for me. So that must have been a very kind of show, sobering moment for Timothy. But can you imagine how that must have changed the way he read this letter? Thinking, this might be the last communication. This, is, this could be the last words of a, a man on death row for me. Does that make sense? So I'm surely that must have kind of cleared the cobwebs and the distractions. And he's like, okay, what is it that, that is so important that he wanted to write this letter to me at this late stage? So obviously we can't read the whole, read the whole thing now. But I uh, just want to read one or two things. Um, <clears throat> just a second.
Okay, Joshua, ach, nein, nein, not Joshua. Um, first, second Timothy 1, first, from 13. Follow the pattern, this is now Paul encouraging him, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us uh, who dwells within us, God the good deposit entrusted to you. And then he actually refers, he goes on and he says that he acknowledges that the role that others have had in, in Timothy's life and the, the, the faith that was passed on to him from his grandmother and his mother, etc. But he says here, he says, um, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit dwells within us. God, the good deposit entrusted to you. So he's saying, this that you've received is, is precious. This that has been entrusted to you is precious. It's a good deposit. He's saying it's, it's a treasure. You should, you should treasure this. You should hang on to it. You should build on it. And he talks about Later in the chapter, it talks about fanning, up, fanning the flame, fanning and you know, stirring up that anointing that is, is on him by the laying on of Paul's hands. And he's encouraging him. And he's, he's not talking, you know, he's saying that what you have received is precious. Guard it. Treat it right. Um, and I believe this is one of, you know, some of the things we should be looking at as we go into this year. What is God entrusted to us? How do we treat it? Um, are we treating it as holy and precious? And then he goes on, <clears throat> chapter 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, must, you therefore must endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So interestingly, he's talking about the, the, what he has imparted to him, and then he says you should make sure that you impart, hand it on to others that will be faithful, and then he goes directly into being a, it all be, you know, us being soldiers. Um, but I, I, I can't spend too much time on this. I have to finish now. But he's just he's saying about what is really important about what we are pursuing. You've been entrusted with something. Guard it well. Handle it well. Entrusted to others who would be able to teach others also. So he's saying, not only, don't only guard it, but, but make sure that, that it goes on. Make sure that it's passed on to those that are faithful to pass it on again. <clears throat> and then he goes on in 22. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in a position, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may grant them repentance so that they may know the truth 
and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. And you know, you know, one what if so so Paul's writing about those that will oppose him, those that will the foolish and ignorant disputes, people that will come against him, people that will quarrel with him. And you might you might think here at the end of his life, Paul might say, you know, just nuke them, just let them have it, you know, wipe them, make sure they know where they're, where they're at. But he doesn't. He says, this is not this is not important that you should win the argument. He says, be kind, be gentle in your response. Make sure that the way that you answer, the way you handle yourself, will will be such that those will be able to still turn to Christ. Amen. So it's so powerful. He doesn't he doesn't encourage him to just you know, wipe them or whatever. He encourages him to be to operate in faith, in love, in peace. Encourages him to be gentle, not quarrel. To be to be able to be patient, in humility, correcting those who are in a position. Um, and then you know, so that there's still a hope for them to to for God to grant them repentance. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, this is you can do a long study on that whole chapter. But it, it's so powerful to see what Paul focuses on in these very crucial last words that he writes to Timothy. Make, you know, go and read through that. And then I want to actually just um, quote, read this quote from J.I. Packer. As we are wrestling through, you know, what is God leading us into? He says, the purpose of the church is to make the invisible kingdom visible through faithful Christian living and witness bearing. So us, for us as a church family, for us as families, as individuals, but to collectively as the church, our purpose is to make the invisible kingdom of God visible through the way we live, the way we speak, the way we witness. And as we, as we consecrate ourselves to the, you know, to the Lord, as we consecrate ourselves to His purposes, I want to encourage us to, to have that in the back of our minds. What is the purpose which God has called us? What is this great call that he has on our lives? What is this treasure that he has entrusted to us? As we go into this year, as we do the next year. And now I want you know, often we preach about this kind of thing in January, okay? <laughs> but I want to really encourage you to take time in this time where we normally have a time to, to have a break. I hope everybody will have a time to take a breather, to set time aside, to bring our hearts before the Lord. Say, God, we want to be good stewards of what you've entrusted to you. We're trusting for souls to be saved. We're trusting for through what we do in this city, through what we do as a family and as a church family, that the invisible kingdom will become visible, that those around us may see and experience the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand for a moment, and we're going to pray, and I want us to take some time also to pray in groups. Um, so actually, just you can stay seated for a moment. I'm just going to pray, and then I want us to turn to maybe groups of two or three, and, and just for a moment, pray together for, for you as maybe a family or as an individual or a small group. But then also for us as a church family, say, Lord, as we take a break, direct us, even in our, in our reflection, even in our consecration, even in our seeking direction, and direct us by your Spirit 
Amen. Let's just pray before we do that. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are so faithful to direct our steps. Lord, when we look back on this year, we look back on the, just the past seasons, Lord. We stand in awe of your faithfulness, Lord. We stand in awe of your goodness. Help us, God, to build monuments. Help us to reflect and to celebrate your goodness. Help us to testify of what you have done. Even in the worst of circumstances, thank you, Lord, that we can reflect and, and, and focus and ex, just exalt you for what you have done. At the same time, Lord, we pray that in this time of rest, in this, this next couple of weeks, we pray that we would give us grace, Lord, to set time aside in consecration, Lord, to set time aside in seeking your face and seeking your will. Lord, our desire is for your kingdom to come. Our desire, Lord, is truly for us to walk in the fullness of your purposes as a church family. Lord, we trust that you would direct our steps, God. We, that we would take time to lay our plans at your feet, Lord, to take time to hear your voice, God. We pray, I pray for everyone that has wrestled with hearing your voice. I pray for each one that has doubted whether we hear your voice, Lord. Thank you for a confidence to know that you do speak to us, Lord. And I pray that you'd put in us a hunger and a thirst to seek you, a hunger and a thirst to make time to listen, that your kingdom would come in and through us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.